Eric, welcome back to another episode of the Take It Easy Sports Show. And the reason why I wanted to bring you up right away after this very cool music, by the way, I can't I can't get over that. I'm glad that we we did that. Um, you are officially in Flagstaff. Is that right? That I, am. that I am. I moved in today as we record this. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, for those of you listening, like I said before, welcome back to another episode of the Take It Easy Sports Show, part of the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. My name is Zach Lavara, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who I already mentioned, in Flagstaff, Eric Newman. Um, you know, Eric, we've been doing the show remote basically this entire pandemic. Um, now we don't really have a choice, even if we wanted to get together, unless I came up there or you came down here or whatever. But I have a feeling that'll happen a decent amount. Like I'm sure it will. I, mean, I live here. This is my address, but I'm going to be down in the valley a decent amount. Yeah, and you know, the, I I live in the valley, and I'll probably be up there in Flagstaff at least a couple times I for sure so um you offered me your couch already which i appreciate um but it's i think i might too, man. is it uh, is it comfortable i was gonna say i might wait until you get the uh the two bedroom yeah um i'm in a temporary spot for a couple months and then when i move into the new home it'll have a second bedroom yeah that's what i'm kind of waiting for that way uh you know, I can just deck it out however I want. It can just be like my personal room or whatever. Yeah, so. fair enough. Yeah. Um, you know, Eric, we got a pretty good show today. Um, you know, we brought on our good friend Alex Simpson. Uh, he landed himself a new gig. Very, very happy for him. I mean, Alec is a guy who, and you guys will obviously hear this in the pre-recorded interview, but he's a guy who came from California, was a, a former Division One linebacker, um joined the Arizona varsity team before Eric and I were actually officially a part of it but obviously we became very good friends with him just on the sidelines and everything he was doing for uh, for Ralph and, and Arizona varsity so um you know got to know him he goes back to California joins the USC rivals team covers them covers recruiting and now he is with catapult sports which Honestly, it's such a good gig for him, and I will not give it away. I'm going to let him obviously explain everything because we did have him do that. But he is now California scouting director for Catapult. And I know, Eric, I could probably speak for you as well when I say just how happy I, ha- I am that he's got this opportunity. And oh, of course, yeah. I mean, someone with his knowledge, he's so he's he's more than deserving of it as well. Yeah, he knows football so well. Um, always seemed like something that would be in the cards for him. So um like you said we'll we'll hear exactly what that means when he speaks to us uh in the interview we already got recorded but yeah it's exciting he uh he's meant for a job similar to that and i think it's a good it's a good spot for him yeah we also you know in the in the interview we talked a little bit about you know his take on uh on sevens on uh you know the the state of high school football here in arizona obviously the state of football in california is something that Maybe a lot of people don't really understand, but he kind of went in depth with us, which was actually really interesting because we talked about some of the private schools like Modern Day, Cathedral Catholic, Bosco. Um, and then I actually presented what I thought was a pretty fun question. I gave him five teams from Arizona, and I'm not going to release those ne- those teams now. I'm going to let you guys wait until you hear it in the end of the interview. But um, I told him to give me five schools in California that would match up the best with those specific five teams. I, I liked his answer. Um, yeah he put a lot of thought into it he did and and that's exactly what i i knew i would get from alec when i asked that question so i'm really glad that i did 
Um, Eric, we're also going to touch on some AIA spring high school championships. We've got tennis already kind of rounding out the season, including the postseason. And not only that, but beach volleyball got started today with their with their postseason. We've got track coming up next week. We've got um, just about every other sport. Actually, baseball and softball are the last two that uh, will wrap up on the, uh, I want to say it's the 20th, if I'm not mistaken. So That sounds about right. I think so. I think it's the Monday and the two, or I think it's seventeenth and eighteenth. I don't know. Monday and Tuesday, um, that that will be wrapped up. But man, I mean, it's crazy to think that we are already at this point of the year. Um, in a year we didn't think we'd get any sports. In yeah, a year where you know spring didn't have sports last year, so it's it's cool to be in this position. That's right. Yeah, I uh, I did a little bit of coverage on the. You spoke about volleyball. Um, beach volleyball the coconino uh team they're number three in division two and they they got a sweep today in the first round um and you know one of the things they talked about when i did a preview for them uh of them for the playoffs they were talking about how you know they really thought last year they had a super talented team and they would make this kind of run but it didn't end up playing out because they played one match and yep. had to call it quits. And so I think a lot of these teams are really, really, you know, they're always motivated, but they're really motivated to show what they've got heading into this postseason and everything because it's almost making up for lost time. So it's it, it almost feels like it has double meaning in a way. Like yeah. you're you're playing for the team now, but also the team last year that didn't get to be. Exactly. And, you know, that's actually something that Mesquite's volleyball team said to me. Um, you know, when I did a feature story on them just a little bit ago, um, you know, one of their assistant coaches actually this year was a senior last year. So, you know, I mean, arguably or not arguably, but obviously she's heartbroken still because she didn't get an opportunity, but she did win a state championship the year prior with Mesquite. And I think the whole premise of the story was this is now their opportunity, albeit two years removed <laughs> from their championship to defend their title. That's right. Um, and they still feel like they're the ones that are on the title defense. And I mean, I think they've only lost one match this year. Um, and I believe it was to the top ranked team in division two and that South point Catholic. And they lost that game or match, I should say by one game. And I think it was because of a forfeit because one of their, um, one of their players actually broke, their hand or a finger or something and just couldn't perform anymore so i mean obviously that you know i think i think that's a, a match that mesquite wants back for sure i think they're hoping to be able to you know run it back as the kids say um but it'll be very interesting to to kind of see how that all plays out uh, but with that being said eric do you want to kind of dive into uh some of the matchups that we have we actually round one is wrapped up by the time this airs, um, you know, round two might already be wrapped up too, but might as well go ahead and go over them. You want to you wanna start there? Yeah, let's do that. I'll take uh, – I'll start with Division One volleyball bracket. Okay. Um, so I'll just go through it. We've got uh, Xavier Prep, the one seed, beat Campo Verde 16, uh, and that was a 5-0 sweep. Eight Millennium beat nine Mesa Mountain View, three to two. Millennium's a tough squad. I They're an eight yeah. seed and they have to go against the one, but that's going to be a really, really tough game. Um, and that was just a, a quick point. That was actually Mountain View's first ever appearance in the beach volleyball tournament. Wow. 
Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. It's a relatively I mean, new uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Sport in the last, what, three or four years or something yeah, like that? I think so, something like that. Basha, number five, beat number 12, Gilbert, five to zero in an East Valley showdown. Uh, Ironwood Ridge, the 13 seed, got a upset win over Corona del Sol, the number four. They beat him 3 2. Sandra Day O'Connor, number three, beat number 14, Desert Ridge, five zero. Um, Mountain Ridge, six, beat. 11 Valley Vista, 3 2 in a West Valley showdown. Your Awatuki squad, Desert Vista, the number seven seed, beat number 10 Desert Mountain, 3 to 2. And Perry, the number two team, which is always an amazing volleyball school, both in um, boys and girls, and also <laughs> beach and indoor. Yeah. Um, they beat 15 Verado, 5 to 0. So those yeah. were the scores in the first round. That Perry squad, I mean, especially on the boys' side now, they're number one in the country at this point. Um, yeah, man. They're, I they're actually just released a feature story today about them. So, I mean, they're they're dead focused, dude. They don't care about that national ranking. Uh, they want that championship here in Arizona before of they – Of course, yeah. You know. That's all you can really control. Yeah, exactly. Um, just to run through some of the matchups really quick in the second round. Again, these will take place on May 5th, which is Wednesday. Um, number eight, Millennium, takes on number one, Xavier Prep. Uh, number 13, Ironwood Ridge, again, getting the the upset, the only double-digit seed to advance. Uh, they're taking on number five, Basha. Number six, Mountain Ridge versus number three, Sandra Day O'Connor. Number seven, Desert Vista against number two, Perry. Again, these are all um, on Wednesday. And I'm actually, I think I, I stumbled a second because I, I was looking at Perry, and I could have sworn a lot of these matchups were going to be played at Castile, but it looks like Perry's going to have a home matchup, when it, which the, I thought. The Castile is for the semifinals and the final. Well, the Perry played their first round match, though, at Castile. Because mm. I think that's technically the home court, quote unquote, for all of Chandler District. Because for those of you that don't know, they built this huge, well, not huge, I guess. It's like four. Uh, no, it's like six courts, isn't it? That's pretty big. It's pretty big. So it's like a six court complex. I mean, they shipped in sand from like California or something. I mean, it's it's very nice. It's a great championship venue because, you know, as as many of you will see in the in the championship round, they can actually do two different championships at the same time. So um, yeah, pretty that's cool. pretty cool. Uh, the pairs, by the way, for volleyball are not going to be uh, set in stone until I think later this week or next week or something like that. So yeah, they start after the team championship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, division two. So uh, as mentioned before, number one South Point Catholic they took on number sixteen Rancho Solano Prep. That was a five zero sweep in favor of the Lancers. Uh, number eight Deer Valley they beat your team number nine Flagstaff three to two. A very close one there. Uh, number five, Gilbert Christian actually lost. We have another upset. Number 12, Estrella Foothills, three to two over the five seed Gilbert Christian. Mesquite, the team I mentioned before on that championship defense, they're the number four seed this year. Uh, they beat number 13, Mojave, and that was a 5-0 sweep. Um, as you already mentioned, number three, Coconino, they got the sweep over number 14, Canaan Del Oro. That was a long trip for, uh, for Canaan Del Oro to make. That's that was- right, yeah. Man, that was, what, a four- or five-hour drive from Tucson? Man. Um, Number six, Valley Christian, another very, very good program. I believe their only loss was to Mesquite this year. Um, That was a four-to-one win for Valley Christian. They beat number 11, ALA Gilbert North. 
Chandler Prep, the seven seed, got the three to two win over number ten Northwest Christian and number two Fountain Hills, the team that lost to Mesquite two years ago. They beat number fifteen Trivium Prep four to one. And when I say lost to Mesquite, I should have mentioned that was in the championship game or match. Um, so the matchups really quick there for Division two state again May fifth. Number one South Point Catholic taking on number eight Deer Valley. Number four, Mesquite taking on number 12, Estrella Foothills. Number three, Coconino taking on number six, Valley Christian. Number two, and I'll be Fountain covering Hills. that one for the Daily Sun. You will be at that one. Okay, awesome. Um, so definitely follow Eric on Twitter there at E. Newman Writes. Um, number two, Fountain Hills versus number seven, Chandler Prep. And again, these are all on Wednesday. Some of them are different times. It looks like the Coconino one is at 3 p.m. All the rest of them are at 4.30. That's right. So, yeah. yeah, and part of that just has to do with the weather. Um, yeah. Coconino purposely does some of their games. If you look at the first round, it was also the only one that was at three instead of four thirty. Because by um, you know by six, if a match goes a little bit long, it might get cold. Um, and oh, you're playing yeah. beach volleyball, and the sand starts to freeze up. So they have to do it a little bit earlier in the day to conserve conserve the heat. Yeah, we don't we don't have any problem conserving heat down here. <laughs> That's right um yeah uh let's let's run off uh some tennis uh the team championships are not set in stone yet um they're still in the quarterfinal round that will take place on wednesday it looks like so um eric do you want to start with division one singles because i believe we have a champion at this point right yeah we have champions in all of the um in all of the singles and doubles ones got it um, and the champion for D1 Boy Singles is a guy that I never saw him play. His name's Lance Urlau, Um, and he's from Desert Vista. He won yep. 6-1, 6-2 in the final. I actually did, a couple years ago, he had an older brother, Luke Urlau, who was their top player and was one of the best players in the state. I thought he was going to win the um, singles championship last year. Um, before the season was cut short he was always in that top three or four uh, as a sophomore and junior had a real good chance last year so good for Desert Vista for getting that done he won the championship there division two the championship was crowned and it was Jared Perry of Catalina Foothills and I saw him in the first round Um, he beat Matthew Johansson in the final 6-2 Six seven, he lost in a tiebreaker in the second set, and then won seven five. This one was absolute battle. These two guys were were really really awesome. I thought they mm-hmm. could have battled with anybody in the state. Jared Perry's a sophomore, and Matthew Johansson's a freshman uh, from Greenway. So if they both stick around, we could see this same final two more times, which is pretty yeah. impressive. And, you know, to to kind of piggyback off of what you said, you know, off air, Matthew Johansson, you even mentioned that he's a and you play tennis. So, you know how to recruit and evaluate tennis players. Um, This is a kid that you said you wouldn't be surprised if he's at an academy to finish out his high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he had a I thought when he walked in, I didn't know he was a freshman. So when you look on the brackets, it doesn't say their class. Yeah. Um. So I thought he was like a junior or senior. He's really developed as a body. Um, and his specifically his ground strokes and his serve were just awesome and super well-developed for a freshman in high school. 
um, that it, and it says something that he was beat by Perry from Catalina Foothills, who also had a really well-developed game. But just the power in the um, in tennis, you want to put your ground strokes deep and in the corners. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just, you know, even against the best players, was just hitting these perfect shots right off the bounce. And um, just it really looked like it, it was coming easy to him. And that's a really tough thing to do in that sport. So I was, I was really impressed with both of those guys. Yeah. In D3, Ashton Kroger, Phoenix Country Day, uh, won the championship pretty easily, 6-3-6-1 over Jordan Merrill of St. David. And I'll go into the doubles, and I'll let you do the the girls after we finish with this. Division I doubles was Brophy Prep. Not that surprising. They always have amazing talent out there. Um, Hadley Kukla and Sean O'Gara, they won seven six two six seven five. Absolute battle there with you know a tiebreaker to shut it off and going seven five in the third. Good for them. They beat Desert Mountains pair, who you know Desert Mountains always a, a real contender in this. I wouldn't be surprised if Brophy and Desert Mountain play in the um, championship match, and those two teams end up playing for a deciding point there. D2 doubles, Cohen Yulfs and Logan Rosenbach of Lee Williams won 6-2, 6-4 over a McClintock pair that made it all the way to the championship game from the eight seed, which is pretty impressive. Wow. And then Division Three, we have Scottsdale Prep, Jack Swenson and Connor Swenson. I would assume their brothers are related in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, won six two six one in the championship over Eric and Mommy and Tyler Tam of Phoenix Country Day. So um, some really awesome tennis played. I got to see a little bit of it covering the Flagstaff kids that were there. Um, but you know when they weren't playing, I would look around and see who else was was playing in the tournament. And so it was yeah. it was a good it was a good weekend of tennis. Right on. Uh, Division One girls singles. I will start there. Uh, the champion Savannah Colick from Desert Mountain. She beat number three Sydney Schnell from Desert Vista. Uh, that was a six-one-six-two match, and uh, Colick was the number one seed there out of Desert Mountain. Uh, looking ahead to Division Two singles, we have the winner Emily Flowers from Catalina Foothills, six-three-six-zero in the uh, the championship match over Brooke Bellitz from Notre Dame Prep. Um, Notre Dame Prep is again one of those schools that always has a, a very strong tennis program as well. Yeah. Um, Division three Scottsdale Prep rep- represent right here. Uh, Nandini Patel. I hope I said your first name right. Uh, she beat Milan Sewell from Phoenix Country Day. That was a, f- a little bit closer of a match. Five seven six three six one. Uh, looking ahead to now the doubles. Uh, Division one doubles. The uh, here they are again. Eric, uh, Olivia Kim and Julia Frazier from none other than Desert Mountain. Uh, six one six three. They beat Danielle Dyer and Balani Soto from Xavier Prep. Uh, the Division two doubles championship that belongs to Madeline Monroy and Cambra Rolls from Canyon View. Man, I, and every this, time you talk about Canyon View, yep, <laughs> it's success. And like, how on earth is especially after not having a spring season? 
are they producing champions in anything? It's amazing. It's amazing. That's exactly what I was just about to say. I was just about to bring up the fact that we're seeing Canyon View again deep in the playoffs or high up in the rankings. This was the number two squad. They beat the number one team, uh, Abigail Mullick and Annabelle Mullick. I'm assuming, again, sisters or cousins or something. Um, that was the number one seed out of Catalina Foothills, and that was a 6-3 to 6-1 match. That's not close for those who yeah. know. That's, you know, 6-3 could be a break. Um, that could 6-3 can be deceiving, depending on how it actually goes, but 6-1 is not. Um, they, they dominated that match. That's from Canyon view from a team that, you know, didn't exist two years ago. Yeah. I barely know where Canyon view is. It's in Waddell. I don't even know where that is. All I know is it's way out West. It's far. Yeah. Is the answer to your question. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> uh, Division three doubles, uh, the team of Reese Chabelle and Eliana Uke from Scottsdale Prep. They were the number one seed. They won 6-4, 6-4 over uh, Gabby Chu and Julia Saunders, the uh, Chandler Prep duo, the number three seed. Um, again, as you already mentioned, some great tennis. Congratulations to all the champions. Uh, the team, as we mentioned already, they're still in the quarterfinal round. That will wrap up on the 8th, actually. So it looks like that's going to wrap up on Saturday, I believe, is the 8th, yep. right? Yeah. Um, Looking ahead a little bit, Eric. Um, Boys volleyball. There's no official brackets yet. But it's a team we've already talked about. Can anyone touch Perry at this point? I have a hard time believing they can. Yeah. You know, the rating numbers are what they are. They don't really necessarily mean, you know, that much. But they're at a 31.4, and the second team is at a 23, Sandra yeah. Day O'Connor. The, the, the number disparity between first and second is just otherworldly yeah. um, for, for any ranking like that to be that far um of a margin that wide of a margin is a huge thing um yeah. it would be an ultra surprise if Perry's beaten in the championship and and you look at their scores from all their matches i mean so they've played 15 overall and they're 15 and 0 obviously four of those matches have been three to one every other one three nothing so and, and the it's three just to ones have come from some of the best teams in the state yep brophy Highland, who's the number three seed right now. Uh, O'Connor, who's the number two team. You already mentioned them. Uh, the other one was uh, Chandler, who's also a pretty good squad as well out there. So They're great every year. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and I love their head coach, by the way. Coach Robson over there. Love He's a him. good dude. Yeah. Um, but, man, this is, this is a good team. And it's a great group of kids. I mean, they're so humble. Like I mentioned, I did a story on them. Super humble. I, I even said, I think I started off saying like, you know, number one in 6A, number one in Arizona, you know where I'm going with this. And they just laughed and said, yeah, that's not something we really pay attention to. Like they, they think it's cool. Like they like the recognition, but it's not like, you know, the, the it's not how they're presenting themselves. Like they're not entering gym saying, hey, we're the number one team in the country. Yeah. They're coming that's in cool. saying, we want to win an Arizona state championship. We're going to beat you tonight. That's it. Yep. So just really, really impressed by them. Just really impressed by that team. Uh, Another team, 
ironically also in the Chandler Unified School District. There's something in the water here in Chandler, man. Um, I'm hoping I can, you know, get some of that for my own football season. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know, a little help. I don't know. Um, but Hamilton baseball, I remember I tweeted out something about a week or so ago. They have probably the most brutal two game stretch to finish the season. Sandra Day O'Connor, a team that's always in the mix for a championship and Mountain Ridge. They beat O'Connor today 12-8. to They put up 12 runs against a talented O'Connor pitching staff. Yep. And Mountain Ridge, obviously, is going to be no fluke on Wednesday. But, man, I mean, Hamilton has only lost two games. I mean, a 9-2 to loss to Liberty, I think, was probably the most surprising. Not that they lost to Liberty. I think it was how they lost to Liberty. Yeah. Um, that big of a margin is yeah. Because the other one was a two to one game against Red Mountain, who's the number three or four seed right now. Yeah. And I was at that game and that was a walk off for Red Mountain. So it wasn't like, you know, Hamilton had to battle back or anything like that. Right. So um yeah, I mean, just a lot of exciting you know, playoff action to come still. And playoffs are honestly, even though they're super busy, especially because I have to cover a lot of teams at the same time, uh, it's it's arguably my my favorite time of year. And of course the track you know, state meet on Saturday the 15th is going to be really fun too. Local plug. 4A baseball, Flagstaff Eagles have lost just one game so far. Yep. Um, they lost to Deer Valley, which is a playoff squad at the moment. Um, they are, you know, just, it, it, it's cool to see. Um, one of the things that I've realized being here is that you know, and just covering these teams for a little bit is how much the people rally around their local high school teams in this area. Um, and people really care 16 and one overall, 10 and 0 in the region. Um, people are really, really excited about this Flagstaff team. So that's really cool to yeah. see. Can I do a little shameless self plug as well? Yes. Um, this Sunday, and they'll probably post it Monday. I have a, uh, Pre, actually, no, I think I'm going to post it earlier. I'm going to post like Thursday or Friday. Uh, I have a cool story on a uh, on a mesquite ball player, uh, Tariq Freeney. Uh, just a little backstory. Hasn't played baseball in two years because of injury. And now he is, uh, in the words of uh, Coach Jeff Holland over there, one of the main reasons why Mesquite's 17-1 and this year. That's awesome. Love yeah. to see stuff like that. Yeah. I got to meet his uncle. I got to meet his dad both very cool people um and uh yeah it'll be it'll be a fun story so definitely keep an eye out for that we talked about it before mm -hmm. baseball canyon use fit <laughs> softball you want to hear what their ranking is one they're two. Oh, okay willow canyon right is one, Canyon's number yeah. one. it's just a recent thing but canyon view with one game remaining, is having another awesome sports season. This doesn't make any sense, Zach. Yeah. I like, I, we've harped on it for several weeks now, but I am so thoroughly impressed with the athletics that this school has. Like, yeah. just how good they are at things. And not only that, but can we talk about their football season? Yeah, they weren't the best, but they weren't afraid to play anybody. No, and they were. They were one game away 
They played Agua Fria in the last game of the season. The winner of that game won the region. Yep. They were literally a game away from winning the region in their first ever football season. That's, That's awesome. And was that so that was the first ever varsity season or just football in general? That's their first ever varsity season. Okay. So that would almost rival what Castile was able to do a few years ago. Yep. Now obviously Castile won and the championship. Well, when Castile won though, it was three A. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is Canyon View is five. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I get Castile, you. Castile was a crazy story. Yeah, that I mean. Well, I mean, if you look at some of the players that were on that team, I mean, Gunnar Cruz, one of them. They weren't a three A team. No, not at all. Which I think is why they're already, you know, up where they are. So yeah, they're already in the six A playoffs. Uh, yeah, like what four years removed. Not even yeah. three, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, a, a lot of exciting playoff action to come. Uh, but, Eric, what do you say we jump in and uh, talk to our good friend Alec? Let's not let's not let people wait any longer to hear from uh, the man himself, Alex. Himself. Oh, they don't want to hear from us for 28 minutes? Probably not. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, they're probably already, you know, fast-forwarding and stuff. Yeah. So, it's we'll put it's that okay, in though. the description. Yeah, we will. Um. <laughs> Uh, but again, uh, here is our pre-recorded interview with uh, Mr. Alex Simpson, the uh, the new recruiting director out in California for Catapult Sports. Alex Simpson, my man, what's going on, bro? It's been so long since we've talked like this. How you doing, dude? I'm doing well, brother. How about yourself, man? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Pretty busy time for me, obviously. Busy time for Eric and yourself, of course. Um. Bro, Mr. California Scouting Director for Catapult Sports, man. Can you tell us about that? First of all, congratulations, bro. That's so exciting. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's been a journey to say the least, man. You know, I'm excited for this new opportunity that, you know, I'm embarking on right now. Um, you know, it's a really cool opportunity, you know, from being on the media side at Rivals and now fully being entrenched on the scouting side of things. Now I'm really fully involved in the recruiting process for these young men. Um, you know, I'm really allowed to, you know, talk to these college coaches and make sure these kids are updating all their information, um, their GPAs, transcripts, heights and weights, all that good stuff. So all these college coaches that are in our system are getting the most up-to-date information on the prospects, you know, in their respective classes. So, um, you know, it's an awesome opportunity as a former recruit myself um, to be able to give back to all the kids in the state of California, the state that I played in, um, and just to be able to be there for these kids, you know, a guy that's going to help them out during the recruiting process, you know, not a guy that's just going to be, you know, input and information. I'm a guy that's, you know, constantly talking to these kids, these high school coaches and these college coaches, you know, making sure they're having all the most up-to-date information on the recruiting process and, you know, making these college programs better along with these high school programs and you know, making sure they that their recruiting process is taken care of as well. So it's definitely a blessing to say the least for sure. I'm thankful to do what I do. You know, someone that Eric and I obviously and yourself are very familiar with is Kyle Morgan, who uh, is uh, intern Andrew's uh, dad. So he he works for Catapult as well. Uh, I, I want to say he's like the West Regional. I can't remember exactly what his title is, but he kind of does a little bit of the same thing. But can you kind of just explain a little bit? First off, what is Catapult Sports? What kind of services do they offer? And then I know you kind of went, went into it just now, but um, you know, kind of what does your day-to-day look like with this position? Yeah, so Catapult Sports is a multifaceted company. So um, you know, I don't know if you've seen on some of these college athletes, they were kind of these, you know, uh, they kind of like sports bras in a way, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, for men, they're really interesting. Yeah. Um, but they actually track um, body control, heart rate, 
um, all that good stuff, you know, speed, agility, all that good stuff. And that's like another one of our you know, parts of our company. We're, we're a major sports technology company. Um, and we're actually a worldwide company. So we're, you know, football is just one piece of what we do. Um, on top of football, you know, we have rugby, soccer, basketball, even and even hockey as well um, for both men and women, respectively. So um, it's really neat that we're able to, you know, work in multiple sports lanes. Um, but on the football scouting side of things, um, you know, we have a whole entire scouting department as well, you know, that Kyle and I are a part of and a lot of other scouts are a part of in their respective regions. Um, Kyle's got his Western Mountain region as well. And I got the state of California. We got guys up in the Pacific Northwest, um, the Southern region, you know, the Northwest. Um, you know, excuse me, the Northeast, uh, the Midwest, all their regions. We have a bunch of scouts in those regions as well. And essentially what we do is we compile a lot of data on or as much data as possible on all the kids in our respective regions. Um, make sure that the coaches that are in our system are, you know, up to date on all the prospects in their regions. Um, we end up giving scout grades for these kids um, so that they're placed in their respective schools. So let's say, you know, we got a really solid prospect that we think grades is a power five prospect. Um, we make sure and, and send all his information to all the power five schools in our system, you know, along with our scouting reports and whatnot. So the schools are, you know, most up to date with, or they're kept, you know, up to date with all the, you know, uh, schools that are in our system with, you know, the, 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 that respective recruit. Right. So um, really what we're all about, what we're all about is just essentially making sure that the schools in our system are, you know, kept up to date with all these prospects. Um, we're about evaluating talent, making sure that all the under the radar and the top of the line recruits are making sure that they're getting the exposure they deserve with the college coaches. Do you believe you, you mentioned it before, but having been a recruit yourself playing college football, um, you know, having your experience, do you believe that kind of made you, you know, this kind of job a perfect fit in a way? No, that's a great question. I definitely would say that it did for sure. Um, you know, being a college athlete uh, or former college athlete, excuse me. Um, you know, having that opportunity to have played at a high level like that um, really allowed me to, you know, number one, you know, use the knowledge of my prior experience to help kids uh, make the right decisions and help them kind of point them in the right direction. Right. But another thing is just to be able to have that insight of what it takes to get to that level. Um, to what it get to what it takes to get to that Mountain West level. Like I know kind of the the range of players it takes to get to the G five level. I also know what it takes to get to the P five level because you know playing in a Lotus state of talent like California, you see the best of the best that you're playing with, right? And obviously, you know, evaluating talent in the state of Arizona as well. It's a great state, or it's a great state, excuse me, of just so much talent, right? Uh, but being a prior athlete, it's really kind of helped me, you know, evaluate the skill set of these of these student athletes to make sure and place them in their respective. Uh, you know, uh, schools and making sure that they're placing the, the proper, uh, you know, skill set and where in which they fit best. Right. So, um, you know, we have our scout grades that we give out and, you know, then those, then those kids are being placed in those set schools. So, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that these kids are placed in the right places and, uh, you know, being a prior athlete certainly helps in that direction. Do you, um, do you know, was there a moment you kind of said, because you have been, uh, you've been a writer and analyst um, for a while now for Rivals, and you were at Arizona Varsity when you were here, and all the the stuff you've done. Was there kind of a moment that you realized, hey, I want to go into this more scouting area as opposed to some of the you know write ups and articles and things? Was there was there a moment? Yeah, no, most definitely. I think there was definitely a moment for me that I really wanted to do that because I know. You know, in my heart, I'm always a football guy. Um, I love the media side of things. I love being able to show my personality in that regard. Um, so I mean, I'm able to do that kind of in this role as well um, on Twitter and make sure that, you know, I'm helping these kids get recruited on my social media platform, right? And kind of, you know, 
continue to build up my own brand, my own personality on my social media of Twitter as well. So um, I kind of get the best of both worlds in this job, which is super nice. Um, but, you know, there was always a part of me, you know, writing all these articles and, you know, just being a part of the media side. I really did want to get on more towards the scouting side of things. That's always kind of been the direction I've wanted to take my career. Um, and I'm thankful that I'm able to do it in, in this in this specific company with Catapult. It's just an awesome opportunity to be able to do it. Um, and I'm surrounded by great people like Kyle Morgan, who's been a tremendous help in helping me kind of assimilate into, you know, this different career path. Um, and just to be able to be a part of, you know, this great company. It's, it's been a really awesome opportunity so far. Alec, I've got two questions for you. But the first one is going to be kind of a little more, uh, more sentimental, if you must say. Um, like Eric mentioned, I mean, you worked with Arizona varsity before all of us were actually there, but we still worked very closely together. I mean, I was on the sideline with you probably every Friday night. Um, and then, you know, from there you did a hell of a job with, with, you know, rivals and covering USC and everything. And obviously covering the high school recruiting aspect there with that position now with catapult, is it crazy to you to think how far you've come in kind of really just a short amount of time? I mean, you graduated from college just what a year or two years ago i mean i remember seeing you shortly after graduation when you had your new truck yeah no it's definitely been crazy to kind of think about you know the trajectory in which my career has taken in such a short period of time um i'm super thankful to have the supporting cast of all everybody at arizona varsity um including you zach eric and everybody in my corner ralph cody chili um you know all those guys chris you know shout out to all those guys that have really kind of helped me propel and you know uh take that trajectory upward right um, and I'm forever thankful for Ralph for giving me that opportunity, man. I, I am forever indebted to him for that. Um, you know, for me, just to be able to, you know, have these opportunities that I've had in the last couple of years has been truly a blessing. Um, and I'm thankful to now be in this position I'm in today. Um, it's just been super neat that I've been able to do this and, you know, come back to my home state of California, be back here with my family and friends, um, and be able to do what I love. Um, I think that's really all we want to do at the end of the day is do something we love. And, you know, to have, you know, to, to have that saying, say, you know, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Right. So um, that for me was really something that I was hoping to do. And that's something that I've continued to do the last couple of years. So, you know, I'm hoping that that can continue at some point down the line throughout the rest of my life. But, you know, I'm just excited of where life has continued to take me so far. And my second question, um, you know, obviously California was one of those states that, canceled fall sports altogether especially when it came to football contact sports um they had a very short season i think it was what like five games or something like that they that they were able to get in yeah in the spring yeah we had six six games um you know can you kind of just take me through what that was like covering these games i mean were the emotions kind of high were the kids thankful were they still mad because they didn't get a full season what was it like covering you know high school sports in, in a state that was arguably one of the most strict when it came to uh, all the, you know, precautionary measures for COVID. Oh, it was, it was, I, I was super thankful that these kids had the opportunity to play. Um, now during those fall months, right. You had all the kids in the state of California looking at all, at all the kids in Arizona. They were looking at all the kids in Utah. They were looking at all the kids in the South playing football in the fall. Um, I think that was really hard for me to see was when I go to these high schools and these kids were just practicing and praying for an opportunity, praying for a moment where they could give themselves that platform to get exposure on tape right um and so when that spring season came around and i started to go to spring practices i saw the energy man it changes there was a there was a change in body language there was a change in energy and there was just a change in emotion when you looked at these kids they were just thankful for the opportunity to be out there um i saw a lot of guys during the spring really raise their stock recruiting wise i saw a lot of guys go from g5 to p5 kids i saw a lot of guys go from under the radar to now division one guys 
Um, you know, and that happened in a span of a couple months, which is just incredibly, uh, just super cool that these kids had that opportunity to play in the spring. Um, cause during the spring, obviously you got a lot of spring balls and, you know, got a lot of seven on seven, but in the, here in the state of California, we, we heard Pat smack in the middle of March, which was super cool. Um, you know, that was really awesome to see. And, you know, it was just awesome that these kids had an opportunity. Um, you know, I remember going out to St. John Bosco, Sierra Canyon, uh, for me alone, just, I even got emotional just looking at these kids because they were just thankful to have, have the opportunity to compete. Um, just seeing these kids out there, um, I hugged a, I hugged a few kids and I was like, man, I'm excited for you guys. And they, they just said like, man, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm thankful. Um, and just to see those kids, um, it was a life-changing moment for a few guys because a few guys got scholarship offers, um, you know, during that spring season and they their lives got changed. So without that spring season, you know, those lives aren't changed. And I'm glad that they that they were able to accomplish that. You know, I'm really glad that you brought up St. John Bosco because that was kind of my next question. When you look at teams like Bosco and like modern day, and we're going to throw Sierra Canyon in there as well. And, you know, um, man, just, I mean, California has so many, I mean, Servite, all those schools, how much different, I guess, I don't know how to word this question. How, how different is the football at schools like that compared to what we maybe see at like the Chandlers and the Hamiltons here? Cause I know those schools, obviously, they're in probably the hardest, you know, high school football league, uh, you know, in the country. You know, how much different is the football there compared to here in Arizona? Ironically, you say that because uh, Chili was just in town here yesterday and him and I had an hour and a half discussion on this exact topic. Um, <laughs> okay. So him and I were really basically talking and he was like, man, you know, Chandler is super good. Swallow is super good. Like those are all guys that can compete. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, but when you when you're playing against a modern day uh, St. John Bosco, these kids are Division One ready at their junior to senior years. Um, it's it's a next level of football. Um, and, and Coach Garrettson will tell you himself since he coached at Servite. Um, yeah. You know, it the Trinity League is just a different beast. Um, now I will say that Chandler and Suaro can compete without question. Um, you know, I think they can come in here and let them know what's good for sure and make some noise. Um, now, but I'll tell you what, man, I watch these guys train, um, on a week and week basis, week in, week out. Um, you know, it's just a lot of these programs are formed and developed like division one programs and they got, they got facilities like division one facilities. Um, it's just pretty incredible what these kids can accomplish in such a short period of time to develop their bodies and get ready to go for a, you know, a spring season that they had, which was super crazy in itself. Right. Um, but I watched some of these kids compete, man. And, you know, you look at a guy, uh, Chili and I were talking yesterday about Mateo Ugalele, who is DJ Ugalele's younger brother over at yeah. San Bosco, um, who has now, you know, came into his own as a top 30 recruit nationally. Um, that tight end is a 2023 prospect. And I don't even want to limit to him as a tight end because he's a two-way athlete and he's a terrific edge rusher. Um, but he's at 6'5", 250, and he moves like a gazelle. Um, you know, so that <laughs> for me was in itself just amazing to see in person. Um, but, you know, there's just so much talent out here. Um, you know, it, it would be doing the state of California a disservice just mentioning the Trinity League because you got teams like Long Beach Poly that, you know, got a few defensive backs that are probably going to be national recruits here in a couple of years. Um, you know, there's just Sierra Canyon's another great program out here. Oaks Christian. Um, you go to NorCal, you got a school like Folsom in Sacramento who's got tremendous talent. And, uh, you know, another school like De La Salle in Concord. Um, you know, there's just so much talent here in the state of California that would surely compete with the state of Arizona. Don't get me wrong, but man, the, the Trinity league is just a different beast in itself for sure. Well, that's what I was going to ask about. Is it, it you know, you mentioned a few of these schools, Chandler, Saguaro, Hamilton, um, you know, some of your centennial and kind of that top end, but 
it drops off after a certain point. And I think the the difference from what I'm understanding is that, you know, it's just it's depth in California. You know, the sixth team in the Trinity League would be one of the best teams in Arizona. Is that kind of is that kind of the difference? Um, you know, I wouldn't say the sixth team because I watched the sixth team in the Trinity League and they were they probably would have lost to uh, Chandler and uh, which is pretty funny in itself. Um, but yeah, they kind of had a rough year this year. It was, it was one school down at San Juan Capistrano. I won't list their name, but, uh, you know, they definitely had a rough year this year. Um, but I think there is certainly, um, you know, there's just so much depth out here too. Like you said, Eric, I mean, there's just so many talented young kids out here that when you look at a school like St. John Bosco, their backup linebackers are signed in a group of five schools, um, which is crazy to even think about. Right. Um, you know, but I think there's just a lot of depth out here in California. There's a lot of pools. Um, you know, I think when you look at the state of Arizona, there's a lot of schools and the state's just continuing to grow with more schools. So that's why the state's becoming more prominent for talent. Uh, but there's just so many already established programs out here that it's just hard to compete with. Do you think that it's, you know, you don't want to call it recruiting, but, um, how important is that, um, you know, having those storied programs where people want to enroll and everything and that history there of high school California being good for so long that, you know, does that kind of add to the legacy of it and make kids that, you know, they're good football players. They want to go to those schools. Right. And I think the same thing goes for the state of Arizona, too. You look at a school like Chandler, you go to school like, like Suaro. Those are school in Hamilton as well. Those are schools with, you know, uh, a history, a background, a, a level of success that not many can match in the state of Arizona. Right. Um, and it's really hard to match that level of success. Um, but also when you look at schools like St. John Bosco, modern day, those are hard to not want to be a part of as well. But I think I, that we've all known in, in today's world of, of high school football, there's a whole lot of transfer going on. Um, and there's a whole lot of people that either want to be a part of that or they realize they're not going to make it on the field being a part of that. So they're going to transfer out and go create their own legacy somewhere else. Um, they go to a smaller school and, and start to build their own brand, you know, at another smaller city section school in LA, or, you know, they, they end up going somewhere else, maybe even out of state. Um, you never know, but you know, you got guys creating their own legacies, you know, everywhere else. Right. And, you know, you look at a school like Corona del Sol, Jake Schmidt, Jake Schmidt, just the first guy that came to mind. He's one of my favorite backers in that class in the 21 class. He created his own legacy at Corona del Sol, which was a mid-major 6A program, right? So, uh, you know, it's very common that you see a lot of guys either transfer in and out. Um, but I know a lot of guys that want to be part of those historic programs as well. Alec, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the transfer rule much different than it is here in Arizona? Uh, yes. So, obviously, I think in the state of Arizona, I want to say you have to sit out. Like uh, half the season. Half yeah. the season, regardless of where you live, right? Um so here in the state of California, if you live within a certain geographical location in proximity to the program, you are able to play immediately. Um, that, that, that's okay. one of our rules out here in the state of California is if you live in that neighborhood, you move to that location. That's what, within a certain proximity of the school, you are able to play immediately. Um, that's one of our big rules out here in the state of California that's really benefited a lot of kids uh, to be able to get that immediate eligibility. Um, I think there's some wiggle room around that as well. I'm not really sure. I'm not a um, CIF official, um, but I do know if you do move within a certain geographical location to the school, uh, you do get eligibility. And I know, you know, dealing with the AIA, it was definitely a lot different out in the state of Arizona in regards to transfer rules. 
Yeah, and not only that, but isn't it now? If I'm wrong on this, obviously, please correct me. But uh, you know, we don't have as many private schools here in Arizona, so I really don't know how they kind of operate. But can't schools like the modern days and like you know, for example, Cathedral Catholic? That's a school that Chile and I saw in the Honorable last year. Mm. Because they're private, can't they also technically offer scholarships to to students to obviously come to their schools? Right. So obviously there's FAFSA, financial aid that allows kids to get a certain percent off of their tuition, right, with loans and grants, you know, giving or, you know, establishing a contribution or whatnot. Um, Those things are all, you know, they're all flexible in regards to which some of those private schools, you know, how they operate and whatnot. Um, But yeah, no, that's definitely an opportunity that, you know, some kids have taken upon themselves to go pursue and you know, it's definitely been something that's been pretty common out here is, you know, the kids do end up getting FAFSA to go to these private schools. And, you know, it's a really awesome opportunity at some of these great private schools that are all up and down the coast of California. So I want to get back to, to your job at Catapult. I know as a media guy, as a reporter, you're spending a lot of time out. Um, you're talking to the kids, you're watching games, you're, you know, doing your stories there at your Next one, are you going to be out at campuses just as much? Or are you going to be mostly watching, you know, huddle film, looking at Twitter? What's like, what's the percentage of actually being out there um, on the field watching games as opposed to, you know, what it was before? Oh, it's actually a lot more, um, you know, with my other job that I had covering USC football and recruiting, um, I was out at certain campuses because USC was targeting those prospects. Um, now I am covering the entire state of California. So I'm going to choose where I need to go or or what college coaches need to get that most information, you know, the most updated information on a prospect um, or where the company ends up sending me. So, or I can choose my own route as well and kind of, you know, get some updated uh, travel info from my staff and whatnot and see where it's best to go on that given night. Right. But um, it's definitely going to be a lot more traveling, um, which is good on my end because I'm able to allow the kids to, you know, get a lot more exposure. I'm allowed to pay more attention to more of the under the radar kids, um, which is what I'm always about. Um, you know, on my Twitter, I'm always trying to find hidden gems. That's always my thing. Um, and make sure that I give exposure to the guys that are under recruited and that are under the radar. Um, so I'm allowed to do that. Um, but it's definitely going to be a, a more increased travel schedule for sure. Um, I'm definitely going to be out at more high school campuses, uh, making sure that I'm getting the most up-to-date prospect list from uh, these respective high schools out there. Um, and making sure these kids are getting that exposure they deserve and uh, for free. That's the most important part. Do you have like a, a schedule that you make out or what is the, what is the, the schedule for Alec look like um, when you're thinking, okay, I'm going to go to this school this day or whatever, and I'm going to travel to, you know, Northern California at this time or stuff like that. What does that consist of? Um, yeah, so essentially, um, you know, I'll obviously check in on my bosses and whatnot. Um, but I'll be, you know, going down to the San Diego area in the next week or two. Um, and I'll just be doing my rounds throughout the entire city. So, um, you know, a few schools I'll be checking into are modern day Catholic down there, which is not the same modern day in Santa Ana. Um, this is modern day Catholic in San Diego. Um, I'll be checking in obviously at another program, like Zach just mentioned, Cathedral Catholic down there. Um, another rising program in Lincoln High School down there, St. Augustine. Um, I'll be at a few of those high schools, La Jolla High School, um, just kind of doing my rounds there. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of have to get approved, and then I can kind of just go where I need to go in, in that regard. Um, but it just all depends on what my bosses are looking me to do and what they want me to accomplish. But, you know, I can really kind of make suggestions on my end where I think I need to go see more kids, 
where I need to go see more athletes and where I need to get the most information from, from these schools. Do you think that, um, you will end up watching more games? Or are you pre- like, how do you, how do you evaluate the kids? Is it all just based on game film or is it what you're seeing in practice and talking to coaches or what's the, what's the strategy there? Um, it's a combination of sorts. So obviously, um, Kyle and I will be watching a lot of film, right. And all of our other scouts will watch a lot of film. Um, but we will also be doing a lot of, uh, attendances to, uh, the spring practices, um, and kind of getting an evaluation of kids there. Um, and then also we will be at a lot of games this fall. Um, so I'll be at a lot of games up and down really every week. Um, just a matter of where it's going to be. Um, so I just gotta, gotta figure out, you know, what guys I need to see in person. Um, cause I've seen a lot of this 22 class already in person, um, when I was working for rivals and I took notes on my end really of the guys outside of, you know, what I was covering for USC, I was looking at those three stars, those two stars and the guys that were under recruiting and, you know, took note of the guys I really liked. So I kind of got ahead of the game in that regard. Um, but yeah, no, I'll be at a lot of games, a lot of seven on seven tournaments this spring as well. Um, and really just making my rounds that way, but it's really going to be almost weekly that I'll be out at some of these games, just, just waiting on those dates to get released. And, you know, those fall schedules get, you know, released and printed out and, you know, I'll, I'll make my schedule in that regard in that way. Alec, you know, I have to ask this. You probably assumed this question was coming, but when can we expect you back in Arizona? Oh, man, I love that question. Uh, <laughs> you know, I definitely want to be back uh, very soon. Um, you know, I'm actually thinking, Chili and I were talking about this yesterday when I was dropping, off, dropping him off at the airport. Um, he's got his huge tournament uh, so my, for my Arizona uh, high school football recruits out there. Um, Chili's got that huge tournament, that seven on seven and that lineman challenge on June 12th. I want to say is if that date's correct. Um, he's got this huge term he's got going on with like almost like 30 Arizona high school football teams. And, um, you know, we'll all be there. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a date that I'm targeting to be, to be back in Arizona. So, um, June 12th is definitely a date that I am planning on being there and being back in the sunshine. So I'm looking forward to getting back to Arizona at that time. And, you know, seeing all those AZ kids again, man. I miss all those guys. Miss all the AZ media people. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting back, hopefully, on that date. You know, since you brought up sevens, um, you know, I, I was talking to – we were talking to Andrew about this uh, probably a couple weeks ago now. You know, I feel like sevens have really kind of exploded. I mean, at first it was like, you know, just the, the high school teams doing it for spring or in the summer just to kind of get ready for the season. But now we see competitive – you know, travel teams that go all over the place. I mean, Tucson turf is one of them. Um, you know, uh, true buzz West coast, the, the team that Andrew has been following in his documentary, you know, how much has the sevens, I guess, circuit kind of exploded. And do you think it's good for the game as well? Um, the seven circuit has certainly exploded for sure. That I will say, um, I think it's good from a coverage standpoint on the defensive side of the football um, in regards to man and zone covering, um, to get to know kind of your schemes in that way. Um, on offense, it's great to know the route tree um, and great for a quarterback to read defenses and secondaries um, in that regard as well. Um, so I think it's really good for the kids. Um, but sevens has exploded in more ways than I even thought it would um, from a media standpoint. Um, you got media covering seven on sevens almost on a weekend, week, week in, week out basis. Um, and you got kids showing up to seven on seven tournaments and sunglasses. Um, so uh, I think it's really cool um, that this has happened uh, for all the kids in the seven on seven environment, that it's really exploded to this level. Um, and I think 
it only benefits the kids in building their brand. Um, I'm all about building your brand and building your social media platform, you know, as early as you can. Right. So um, even, even if that's before college, the best place to do it, honestly, is either on the football field in the fall or, you know, if you get, you obviously have no football in the spring, you got seven on seven to do it. So, um, you know, it's really cool. These kids get to do that um, and be a part of, you know, a really cool seven on seven environment like that. So I think it's only benefited the kids. Right on, right on. Um, Alec, final question for you. I'm going to kind of challenge you here. I'm going to give you five teams here in Arizona that I want you to then take and put up against five teams in California. It could be the San Diego area. It could be San Juan Capistrano, like you mentioned. It could be LA. It could be NorCal. Okay. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. Chandler, Hamilton, Saguaro, Centennial, and Liberty. I knew those give... were five you were going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, so now I have to choose five, obviously, to, to play against those schools. Right? So Yeah, so I want you to choose five that would match up the best with those schools that I just named. Okay, so let's go Liberty against Sierra Canyon. Um, okay. That'd be a really solid matchup. Um, let's go Hamilton against Folsom. I think that'd be a really good matchup up there in Sacramento. Um, let's go um, – Chandler, let's go Chandler, St. John Bosco, because that's one that Chili's been chirping me about for like two years now. <laughs> so I would love to see that matchup in person. Um, let's see. Centennial. Let's go Centennial against a rising program out here. I'd like to see how they would do against this program. Um, St. Bernard's. Um, St. Bernard's is a program out here in the LA City, uh, just minutes away from me here in Manhattan Beach. They're out there in Playa del Rey. Um, and I think that'd be a really cool matchup. Uh, what was the last team you, you mentioned? Um, Saguaro. I think he's Saguaro. the only one you haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, yeah. Saguaro. Okay, so uh, I would like to see Saguaro uh, go against Lincoln High School. Lincoln's another rising program over here. I'm in the San Diego area, which is actually right near a uh, school they faced a couple years ago in uh, Cathedral Catholic. So, uh -huh. um, you know, I would like to see that matchup, man. Uh you know, I think those are five really solid programs out here in the state. There's obviously a lot more, um, but I would really like to see those five in AZ competing against those five in California. I think it's funny you mentioned Folsom because I'm pretty sure Hamilton was supposed to play them like before the pandemic. Really? I, I think I think that was the matchup. I could be. Oh, wait, no, you know what? It was not Folsom. It was. Um... Now it's going to bother me. Um... Good. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, this is probably not helpful at all. I think they were like nope. they're they're probably the bulldog <laughs> mascot, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it was. Oh, Helix. It was Helix. Never yeah. mind. Okay, yeah, Helix is down in San Diego. That's a really solid program for sure. Yeah, that that's who it was supposed to be. So I, I'm curious, and I, I know I said that was the last question, but one more since we're on this topic as well. Okay. Uh, Modern Day and De La Salle are they just too good? Um. I would never want to pin any program to be too good. I don't, okay. think, I don't think you ever want to be too good. Right. Um, anything can happen on any given Friday or Saturday. Um, obviously anything can happen on any given Sunday. Um, and anything can even happen on any given Thursday, considering the bears somehow, um, brought in Justin Fields, which I'm incredibly thankful for. <laughs> um, you know, I think, uh, I don't know if I don't know if I'd say Modern Day and De La Salle are too good, but they're very well respected programs um, that would, uh, you know, surely impose a dominating presence on a lot of uh, programs in the uh, in the country. So 
Um, but yeah, man, going back to that any given Thursday, man. Uh, how about that Justin Fields Chicago? <laughs> Honestly, it's a good landing spot for him. I, I'm kind of I think he'll actually thrive in that system. I think he'll do very well there. Yeah, no, no question. Who are your guys' teams, by the way? This is something that I got to ask you guys. I want to ask you guys this question. Um, so Eric is the Vikings. I'm going to speak for him. Okay. Um, yeah. Mine is not much better because I'm from Michigan, so I like the Lions. Um, but then obviously I have to I have to cheer for the Cardinals. So. Yeah, no, no question. You should be excited about that pick, though. Penny Sewell. Oh, I'm so excited. Dude, man, the uh, Alec, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, which, you know, the reports are that he wants to, you could legitimately have in Chicago the best quarterback in the division. That would be a blessing. And that's what we're playing on. Obviously, I don't want to speak too soon considering our prior quarterback history in the city of Chicago. <laughs> the the uh, whole division other than Green Bay has just had awful quarterbacks for a long time. Oh, no question. No question. Uh, and and ourself included, we've had horrible quarterbacks for the longest time I can't even think. But shout out Jay Cutler, probably my favorite quarterback of all time. Not the best quarterback, but a guy that'll get the job done. And he's a gritty guy. So um Shout out Jay Cutler. Uh, but, you know, I'm hoping, I'm praying that Justin Fields is the answer. Obviously, his resume speaks for itself. Um, if if you guys would have seen uh, a video of me when Justin Fields was picked, I was screaming out of my mind and excited <laughs> the fact that it happened. Um, the fact that we pulled it off, our front office, Ryan Pace, thank you, God bless us. Um, you know, I'm super stoked for the future. I just hope that he's the answer. And I have a feeling he is. I just want to see the product in person at some point. You know, being from Michigan, I always gave Ohio State a hard time and all this. But, I mean, Justin Fields, you know, the fact that everyone kind of only analyzed his tape against Northwestern and uh, and was it Clemson or Alabama? One of the two. Um, I don't think that was a really fair shot because he was hurt for both of those games. No, I, I completely agree. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think he's kind of been doubted his entire career. Um, You know, I think he was doubted in high school. Um, I think he was doubted in college. He was always that number two to Trevor Fields. I mean, to Trevor Lawrence, excuse me. Um, He was the number two to him in high school. Who was the number one quarterback in the state of Georgia? Not Justin Fields. It was Trevor Lawrence. Number one quarterback in college football. Uh, It was Trevor Lawrence, not Justin Fields. And now somehow Justin Fields slides to 11 and is now in Chicago. Who knew, right? Um, So the fact that he is with us, I think it it, it speaks volumes to – you know, the Bears front office, um, and it speaks volumes to, um, you know, just how wrong some of these analysts are, honestly. Uh, you know, I think we all thought Justin Fields was going to be top three pick, and now Justin Fields is out of the top ten. Um, you know, that was what, was what I think was crazy, and some guys were questioning his character, and I was like, dude, what what is wrong with this guy? Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with Justin Fields. And, you know, I, I, I just kept being like, I can't believe this is happening. And of course I get a text from Cody. Cody's like, dude, I really want Justin Fields. This is the guy that I want. <laughs> and of course Cody ends up getting Trey Lance at North Dakota state. The, the guy that somehow, you know, became a top three pick. Um, but you know, I'm excited for Justin Fields in Chicago and I think the future is bright. Uh, bear down. In my honest opinion, I say Justin Fields and Trey Lance are going to be the most two successful quarterbacks from that initial group, including Mac Jones. Yeah, no. that's just what I think personally. What about Trevor Lawrence? So you're not you're not a Zach Wilson believer. You're not a Trevor Lawrence believer. Well, anyone that goes to the Jets, I think, is going to struggle. Right. Um. First off, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you know, I think it's just the the problem with him is that he has all the expectations. 
So like they're they're already so high. The bar's already set so high for what he's supposed to do as the number one pick and as like you mentioned, the guy who was, I guess, the guy in college and in high school. I mean, I feel like I don't know. I I just I have to imagine at some point the pressure may get to him a little bit. I I'm I'm waiting on when it will, right? I think that's yeah. kind of when it will when the pressure will get to him. Uh, I think a huge thing that's going to help him in his backfield is Travis Etienne decided to join yeah. him, uh, and come from Clemson and is now also their second first round pick that they brought in as well. Um, that was a huge huge home run draft for the Jaguars, yeah. I think. So yeah, no, I'm in, I'm intrigued to see what Trevor Lawrence can do in the NFL. Obviously, he's gotten it done at, at, at two really high levels of Georgia high school football and obviously the ACC and, you know, won a national title at Clemson. Um, it's just It should be really intriguing to see what he can do in Jacksonville because, I mean, they haven't had the answer at quarterback in a really long time. Yeah, their 12 fans will be really happy. <laughs> yeah, no question. No question. <laughs> and, the, and five of them will be in, sort of in the swimming pool not even paying attention to the game. Right, that's right. What <laughs> their stadium, man? What a play! Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alec, we really appreciate you joining us. Obviously, it's great to catch up Thank with you, you man. Sir. Always, always awesome to talk to you. And can't wait until uh, we see each other at a at, at a what is it, flight club? But, yeah. Uh, I know Chili's gonna probably text me the second he hears that I almost got the name wrong of his event. But um, no, nah, man, I'm really excited to see you. I'm really happy for you. You're doing. Just a hell of a job out there, man. I'm so happy for you. You're doing a great job. So, uh, obviously, I, I don't need to see, say keep in touch because I know we're going to keep in touch anyway. But uh, thanks for joining us, man. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. And thank you, Zach, for having me, man. I appreciate you guys always. Um, I'm excited to see you guys continue to, you know, climb up the rankings in this crazy business. And, uh, Eric, congrats to you. Uh, moving up to Flagstaff, Lumberjack country. Really excited for you. And, Zach, keep killing it down there with – you know, Arizona high school sports, man, you're killing it and all the sports over there. So, you know, I love reading your work and I love everything you're doing for Arizona high school sports. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at the JC flight club, June 12th. Let's get it, man. Looking forward to seeing yes, you sir. there. Let's do it. Absolutely, bro. Thank you again to our good friend, Alex Simpson. Always great to catch up with him. Um, definitely give him a follow on Twitter. Um, you know, just the, th- the things that he's been able to do. Oh, Alex Simpson five, by the way um on twitter just man like it's it's so cool to see i mean he's been just he's been busting his ass he's been he's earned everything that he's been able to do um and and that's i think what probably the best part is uh really quick eric one thing that i kind of forgot to mention i wanted to mention this actually in the first part of the show um not only are we in playoff season as if you and I need more on our plates, we're in spring football showcase season. That's right. Um, now, all of the teams I don't think have been announced for every single one of these showcases. But, and I know, Eric, you may not be at any of these. However, I know I'm going to be at pretty much all these. Uh, Monday, <laughs> May 10th, Desert Vista is hosting, I think, five or six teams, uh, including, I know Mountain Point's going to be there. Um uh, I think I saw Corona Del Sol. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I have just the main, you know, all the dates. Uh, but that's going to be a good one. Uh, Tuesday, the next day, Red Mountain's hosting a showcase, just like they did two years ago. Wednesday, there's a showcase at Pinnacle. I have to see which teams are going to be there. I think more like North Valley teams that I don't really cover a whole lot. Um, so I may not be at that one. I may, you know, go to a, a playoff game of baseball or whatever sports going on. Um 
Thursday, May 13th. Saguaro's hosting theirs. I think that's where Chandler's going to be also. Uh, and then Friday, to wrap things up in a very busy week, Bash is hosting a spring showcase as well, and I'm I'm very excited to go out there and see what the Bears are doing this year. That's going to be that's going to be a very good team. People uh, are all over the Bash of Bears bandwagon right now, man. How can you not be? It's though? hard not to be. Like, how, how can you not be all over? Now, granted, as you guys heard, the five teams that I mentioned: Centennial, Liberty, Chandler, Hamilton, Saguaro. I didn't include Basha because I still think they have to prove themselves a little bit. Um, I I mean I know they play Chandler, so all right. Do they there play are obviously Chandler? a few teams like that. Desert Edge is you know yeah, for, yeah, a, yeah. for a title game in, in the in the Open last year. There's a few other squads yeah. that could be mentioned in that same yeah. thing. But I get what you mean. Yeah, and I don't think Chandler actually plays Basha, but anyway, they I mean don't. I don't think so. I can't remember exactly. That's they don't at all. Oh, you oh you know for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, unless Basha is able to get to the open division, then maybe we'll be able to see how they stack up against teams like that. But I mean, in general, that's going to be a good team. They're yeah. going to compete whether it's in the open or in the six eight conference playoffs. Yep. Um, they just have too much talent not to. I don't think. That's um, true. I agree with you. But it's going to be a fun week, man. I love these spring showcases because one, it's a way for you know, <laughs> one I can get like ten different stories done, and you know, honestly, I'll be very honest. I use these showcases and these seven on sevens and these like early summer football workouts to write stories and then have them ready to go so I can go on vacation and not to worry about yeah. anything for like a couple of weeks. Um, especially after this past year, I, I'm going to take probably two weeks. Like, what was that? It's fun to catch up with these people. Like yeah. we cover football so heavily. For for several weeks, for a few months in a row, and then all of a sudden the contact's just not there that much anymore. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. So it's just it's fun. Yeah, it's a good time. It really is a good time, and and you know just to be able to share all the stories. I mean, every year, like yeah, you have the same kids sometimes, but I mean, a lot of times, like at these seven on seven events, you know, the, like for example. Um, you know, I went and I saw it was at the uh, I can't remember the exact name of it. It was the one that Chad DeGranier hosts in Scottsdale. Um, I went out there and I wanted to go see Gilbert fully expecting I was going to do a story on Will Plummer. Um, I think I left there knowing that I was going to do a feature story on one of their wide receivers. And right now his name is escaping me. And I know it's going to really make me upset that I can't remember right now. But he was the one who transferred from Williamsfield over to Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Um. God, it's making me mad. Anyway, um, yeah. So, um, it's one of those things where there's always diamonds in the rough, and at events like this, this is where you get to see them, and that's where the best future stories come out of for sure. So, um, definitely excited for that. One thing I'm also excited for, Eric. When was the last time you heard this? The Phoenix Suns are the number one team in the NBA. It's amazing, man. It's so fun. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense, right? Like, this team went from nobody cares to awesome in a year. Yeah. Like, the lo- I shouldn't say nobody cares. The locals cared, but nationally, they never got any attention. Why would you play yeah. them? They weren't good. For a long time, they were terrible. Yeah. And now they're amazing. And it's it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean it's it's awesome. Um, I really want to be able to go to a game. However, prices are now skyrocketing, and I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it. 
I know you, you know, had the I opportunity. Got in, I got in I know. a couple weeks ago. I saw yeah. them play the Kings, and it ended up being not that close of a game. But um, but that's a good thing because in years past, they would have lost to the Kings. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so. in years past, it would have been, oh, how are we going to lose to the Kings? But yeah, they. I think they ended up winning by eight, but it was one that, like, you know, was over kind of from yeah. a few minutes on. Just the yeah. free throws changed the exact margin. But Chris Paul's awesome. Devin Booker's so much fun. DeAndre Ayton's coming to his own. But it's the it's the depth thing, too. Like, they've got Mikhail Bridges and Jake yep. Crowder who can really play. Dario Saric comes off the bench and does some yep. awesome things. Torrey Craig is coming into his own as an yep. NBA player. It's... It's just awesome to see, um, and we haven't talked about them in a little bit. We, you know, after the eight and zero in the bubble, we kind of talked about them and um, a little bit here and there since then. But forty six and eighteen for the Phoenix Suns. If you had told me at the beginning of the year that they were going to be ahead of the Clippers and the Lakers, and you know, even Golden State though they're kind of rebuilding right now with their injuries and everything. Yeah. You told me that Phoenix was going to be three games above the second place and then far above everybody else in the division at the beginning of the season. I would have laughed. If you would have told me the Suns would win 40 games in a season, I would have laughed. Yeah. Or 35 games for that matter. I think we all yeah. knew they were going to get above 30, at least with Chris Paul. But I mean, like over 40. Yeah. Like, in they, this shortened they, season, that's they amazing. barely they barely won forty in three years. Yeah, like, uh, man, and that was in regular seasons. <laughs> like yeah, that March shortened. Um, it's just it, it's so much fun, man. And oh, gosh, it's just there's an there's an energy that you can kind of feel with Do you this have a team. Favorite son, like ever, on the team right now. Oh, on the team? Um, I mean, obviously Devin Booker. Um, you know, but I really like what Dario Saric has been able to do. Dario like, Saric is a good one. I think he's been really, like, he's been key to their success this year. Obviously, you can say Chris Paul. You can say, you know, DA. You, I, I mean, I really like Jay Crowder as an addition, too. I think he was a Jay very Jay Crowder is my favorite player on the team. Yeah. Um, I think he was a very underrated player. I mean, it's a Marquette guy, so. I kind of am yeah. biased there, but yeah. just the way he plays and his toughness and everything adds yeah. so much to that team. I also love Javon Carter, man. He doesn't play a lot too. of minutes, yeah. but he's so tough. The his Bulldog, right? That's is, what they call him? He's, he's yeah. su- That's such an apt name, too. His style's awesome. He's just super fierce, and it's it's fun to watch him play. I love it. You know what's the only thing I think this team is missing this year? A ring. Okay, but you know what else? What? Especially with all like the blowouts and like how many of the reserves are able to get in all the time. Okay. The, the high flying dunks from Jalen McHugh. Yeah. Could you imagine how many opportunities he would have had? He would have literally been on Sports Center at least five times this year. Yeah. With all the blowouts that they've had. Agreed. Agreed. It would have been really fun. However, obviously he was. I think he was included in that Chris Paul trade. So yeah. Ended up I working think, out. Yeah, it did. It did. Was he in that Chris Paul trade? He was, wasn't he? I don't he? remember. It's hard to keep track of what trades who yeah, went where. But that's true. So um yeah, they've got it's just a it's an awesome roster. Yeah. Guys like Cameron Payne are making an impact. Yeah. Um 
Cameron Johnson's fun. Yep. Langston Galloway can play a little bit. They're it's just you know up and down just a cool group of dudes that like really play well together and it's a good cohesive yeah. team. Well, even Abdul Nader was doing pretty well before mm-hmm. he's been out for the last like two months with not an ill. What has it been illness? Like has it been COVID? Like I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I feel you. But yeah, he was playing pretty well too. Like yeah. there's guys on the bench. Like Frank Kaminsky doesn't play many minutes, but he can yeah. play. That guy's yeah. a good player. Yeah. So I mean, it's been it's been really fun. It's been a lot of fun to watch and. Man, I hope I hope it keeps going. I mean, geez, the Suns as the number one seed in the Western Conference playoffs would be just electrifying for for this city, for this state. I think it would be it would be so much fun, man. Yeah, I'd yeah. probably fork up the money to go see a game. Honestly, the host to be even have the home field advantage in one playoff series, much less two or three or whatever. Um, should they keep advancing, is is yeah. just something we weren't expecting. We couldn't have been. Well, yeah, because, I mean, this year we were coming in saying, look, this is the year they're finally going to get in the playoffs. They're probably going to get the seven or eight seed. seed. And now all of a sudden we're talking about them potentially being the top seed in the West. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's insane. Um, But it's a lot of fun. So, and I'm glad, I'm glad that we're having it. So, Um, Eric, what do you say we wrap things up? Yeah, let's do that. Right on. Uh, as always, make sure to give us all a follow on Twitter. Uh, first off, Alex Simpson five. Again, thank you for, uh, for to Alec for joining us. Uh, give myself a follow at Zach Alvira on Twitter at Enuman Rights for Eric, and of course the uh, Arizona Varsity channels at AZHSFB and at Arizona Varsity. Uh, also, a big thank you to our sponsor AALL.net. Make sure if you need any insurance needs, uh, you know, teenagers starting to drive now. Uh, definitely give them a call and uh, visit their website. They're going to do the shopping for you. They'll take care of you. That's our uh, good friend, Papa Hinojosa. Uh, always uh, always thankful for him for uh, sponsoring Arizona Varsity and our show and everything on those lines. Um, but, yeah, thank you all for listening as always, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Zach, I have a question for you, and I want, oh, you, no. I want you to answer simply yes or no. Okay. But I want you to think about it a little bit. Okay. Just yes or no. So I'm going to give you the question. Take a couple seconds. Really consider it. Is cereal and milk soup? No. Fair enough.